Hey, good afternoon, Top Fan Rivalry followers. Bill from Top Fan Rivalry with some of my favorite people, some of my favorite guests. It's the crew back. We're going to talk about numbers based on uh, jersey numbers and and who wore it best, right? We've got Zach in from Louisville Sluggers. We've got Unknown Baseball Facts with Dave Hummel. And we've got our, our leader extraordinaire, Jason Beck, who <laughs> runs Bourbon and Baseball. So if you don't see that show on Wednesday, what are you watching? Because that's, you know, that's always a good time. Do not drink anything during that show because it might come out of your nose. And if, if it's bourbon, it's going to hurt because you're laughing so hard. Sure. These guys sure. keep you laughing all the time. So that being said, we can do this all day. But, you know, we've got hard stops tonight. So, Zach, take us away. Who wore jersey number seven the best based mm. on the numbers? Now, Zach told me he could only get what he got earlier. So mm -hmm. that was my favorite. So I did say that. That is that is verbatim. So there you go. So Zach, what you got? I think. Uh, here we go. Uh, Yankees fan incoming. Yvonne Rodriguez. Oh, really? hello. Yeah. Let me let me tell you why real quick. Uh, okay. First ballot Hall of Famer, World Series champion, MVP, nineteen ninety nine, four time All Star, thirteen time Gold Glove, seven time Silver Slugger, the first catcher to ever have thirty plus home runs, a hundred plus. Um, uh, runs and 100 plus RBIs in a single season, and he started when he was 19. Just drop the mic, you just nailed it, right? That's awesome. Well, okay, but I know there's gonna be a different answer out there. <laughs> hey, listen, if your research uh, came up with I that, might, number, I might as well go home now. Yeah, good God, if your research came up with that number. I'm good, Dave. What you yeah. got? We got oh, what I got. Well, I mean, after Zach just blew that out of the water, um, I mean, the, seven is it's such a it's such a lovely number because you know seven eight nine as the old mm. match would go, mm. and there's a lot of players that have the number seven retired. I could always go with the classic of Mickey Charles Mantle. The comrade go with a man who has an affectionate nickname. Of Ducky, Ducky Medwick. He was a first baseman for the Cardinals in their prime for the for the Gas House Gang. Um, Hall of Famer, MVP, one triple crown. He won a batting title. He was a ten time All Star. I mean, he's one of the best first basemen that I think no one talks about because that man runs like a duck and he acts like a duck, but he's not a duck. And what he did. Oh, leave it up. I to forgot to mention Pudge, renowned Yankee, too. Forgot about that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or the number, or the pinstripes. Well, yeah, everybody knew about Pudge when he was a Yankee. Yeah. It's exactly. not like he, was a, he wasn't a Ranger at all. Yeah. yeah wasn't it, uh, wasn't it <laughs> him in the, the 97 series that got run over at home plate and showed the ball? He's like, I still got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still got it. He met a moment, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Dr. Beck, what do you got for us for uh, number seven? Well, you know, the I guess the default answer on every list or if you talk to everybody, you're going to hear number seven. Mickey Mantle. I mean, that's just the default answer. But, you know, I and Billy Crystal, if he was on the show, he would tell you the Mick. But 
you know, seeing him play only in highlights just makes it solid. However, I have to agree with Zach. You know, being able to see Ivan Rodriguez play during his time and his generation, um, he wore that number perhaps better than anybody that, that I've ever seen wear it during in my whole lifespan of watching baseball. So all the facts that he just gave out really kind of solidify, I think, that his place for, for number seven, I there's there's no doubt about it. You know, you, you think about he changed the game defensively as a catcher. He was a wonderfully fantastic offensive player, hence the MVP as well. And he changed yeah. the game completely, much like Johnny Bench in the 70s. Yeah, I mean, he's – I'm pretty sure he has the most innings caught ever. I'm pretty sure. I did a I, – I used – I run the account stats from the past. David's helped me with that before, and so is Marty Castro. Um, and I've gotten a lot of facts from the players, and that was one of the player profiles I did. And every time I was looking at his number, I was like, that, that can't be right. I was like, I, I grew up – I mean, Texas Rangers. I mean, I'm nearby, so I always heard his name. But I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize how incredible he really was. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to choose the easy one. I'm going to go with the Mick and I'll and I'll tell you why. I agree with the Yvonne Rodriguez argument, the ducky argument. I'm still trying to get my arms around. No offense, Dave. Um, but I'll tell you why I'm going to go with the Mick. Um, it's it's pretty simple. The guy did things that were almost superhuman for the era that he played in. Now, Absolutely. you know, Growing up as a Dodger fan, number seven in my mind has always been Steve Yeager, right? He was a great catcher. But on this list that we're talking about, about guys that put up production numbers and things like that, Steve Yeager would never make that conversation. Although he was really good in Major League One. He was a great catcher on the bench for (laughs) Lou Brown. Um, You know, and and smoking on the mound, throwing balls in the dirt to Jake Taylor. But... uh, you got to go with the Mick. I mean, 20-year all-star switch hitter. Uh, if there was one thing that I wish, besides for being able to see him play live, I wish that he would have taken better care of his body so he mm-hmm. could have had a couple more seasons. But back then, those guys, psh, forget about it. They did stuff, and we don't even want to know about it because it would destroy our our thought patterns of them. But I'm going to say Mick is is our, our uh, number seven. So, Jason, what do you got? What do you got for number eight? Little, little. Number eight. Um, I mean, obviously, growing up um, in my early teens, you turn the clock back to 1982, and you see Cal Ripken in the infield for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, California Angels got Doug DeSensei in a trade just so that the the Baltimore Orioles could bring. Ripken up, and so you know your career of somebody in front of your eyes makes yeah. a whole big difference to you know thinking about and listing uh, players that that we've seen and enjoyed through the years. But I mean, you know, nineteen-time All Star, fourth in defensive WAR all time um, at shortstop. Um, you, you can't four hundred thirty-one home runs plus the consecutive game streak. I think, you know, and numerous batting stances puts Cal Ripken at number eight for me. 
Yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, David, what do you have? Oh, man. Again, with these single digits, it's always hard to pick the right the right person because there's so many that Jason about Cal Ripken. A lot of these players, I never got a chance to see them play because I'm a young man. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. wish I had a time. Me too. They just, I want to go to all of these times, please. What you talking about, Willis? Going on 25. I want to see Bill Dickey play, dang nabbit. Um, but I really do think that number eight should belong to uh, Joe Morgan. He was the heart and soul one. of the Big Red Machine, one of the best offensive and defensive and possibly overall second baseman to have ever played the game. And I do have to give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Willie Stargell, Pops. He was the first non-Philly player that I really enjoyed watching highlights of. Like that man, he was the first player integral to a lot of the Pirates teams after Roberto Clemente's untimely death. Interesting that you – Interesting. I, I like the Joe Morgan thing. I, I got to tell you, it was hard to watch him bat because of that, that arm flip. Jason, I know it bothered you, I'm sure. It just – I love the chicken wing, man. I absolutely thought it was a fantastic mechanism for your, you know, timing. I absolutely loved it. Anything. As a, as a pitcher, I look at that on the mound and go, I wonder if I could hit that thing. I wonder if I could hit that. <laughs> what did I hit it? <laughs> yeah. Zach, what do you got for number eight? Uh, number eight. Um, oh, Carl. No. Now, now, it's my my picks tonight are interesting. I don't even have a Yankee pick. Um, now, I'm not trying to be a numbers guy, uh, Jason, but um, let me go down this list real quick. Uh, oh, career, well, this is Yaz versus Ripken and everything. Um, Yaz has a 96.5 war, Ripken 95.9, but I'm not counting. Yeah. Uh, 452 uh, home runs versus 431. Uh, yeah, as in the lead. Uh, hits, uh, you know, 3,419 versus 3,184. Kind of weak. 285 oh, batting average, 276 batting average. And then I'm going to get into the years. They're pretty close. Oh, 23 on, versus 21. Yeah, it still comes out on top. Uh, 18 all-star versus 19. I'll give credit to Ripken. That's okay. All right. Um, <laughs> You know, Ripken's got two MVPs. Yeah, don't, Yaz only had one. All right. Uh, seven gold gloves for Yaz. Two for Ripken. Interesting. Two all-star uh, two all -star MVPs for Ripken. And then here's the difference maker, because they both run the Hall of Fame. Ripken is the only one that won a World Series. So take it as you will. Wow. Neck and the winner, neck. he's a winner in the record books forever, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Number eight in your program, number one in your heart, Zach Wood, for his <laughs> analytic I, research. <laughs> I try my best. I, I, I love the helmet and the goggles have come off now. I can see it in here clearly. <laughs> I guess um, so. I had to it pretty good too. There, that's you know. true. Also true. Yeah, I couldn't get everything. I couldn't get everything. Rick, Rick, I cherry okay. picked. I cherry picked <laughs> a couple. <laughs> Ripkin was okay. You know, yeah. I have to tell you, Ripken is not my number eight. Uh, sir, most games played rough. <laughs> Ripken's not my number uh, eight, although I did see when they came, the Orioles came to Anaheim, 
the first game of the series, John Lackey was pitching in the last, in the last, you know, as as Ripken was making his farewell tour, John Lackey was pitching, and rightfully so, he stepped off the mound, and Ripken motioned to him, "Hey, just pitch to me, let's go," and the fans went crazy, and Ripken tipped his hat, and John Lackey literally let that go on for probably ninety seconds, and. Mm-hmm. We had some pretty good seats, so I could see where the catcher was set up at. And it was a fastball, and it was supposed to be inside and kind of tight to try to saw him off a little bit. He missed the spot, first pitch, and Ripken took it over the left center field wall. I bet as he was rounding the bases, <laughs> uh, you know, Lackey's like, man, and I gave you a 90-second ovation, too. Doggone it, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, my exactly. number eight, <laughs> Hall of Famer, 18-time All-Star, three-time MVP, 10-time World Series champion, arguably the best catcher to play the game, Yogi Berra. Yep. As a Dodger fan, it hurts that I keep bringing up Yankees, but when you look at Yogi's Yogi's numbers for the time that he played and the time that we live in, his offensive numbers are stellar. His defensive numbers are incredible, and he's a little dude, right? He's not – He's not like your Mike Piazza-sized guy that says, run me over. He just laced him up every day and said, let's play. Let's do it. So I got to oh, yeah. give it to Yogi. No, yeah. That's a great pick. Um, I I actually I collect a ton of newspapers besides just the ones behind me. And any <laughs> time I thought was memorable in any way, you know, I, I always reached out to my aunt and I was like, because she lives in Jersey, I was like, can you buy me a New York Post? Can you buy me whatever? You know, and she started doing it on her own. So I have some newspapers of when Yogi passed away and there's some really cool tribute artwork in there. And, uh, you know, that when you really read those articles and just and you look at him wearing the old uniform, I always love that scene, like the old time players come back and wear the old uniforms and. Then you see the different colors are. It's just so neat to see that. It Absolutely. is. Yogi used to, a buddy of mine lived in the Bronx and he said Yogi used to sit, there was a handball court not too far from the stadium. He'd sit there about noon, just crack open a beer in public and watch these kids play handball and hand out tickets to them. And the cops would come by and say, you know, hey, Yogi, you can't drink in public. I mean, this is a public park. And they're like, what are you going to do? Arrest me? What are they going to do? Arrest Yogi Berra for drinking in public? How's that going to go in a, in a Bronx police station? Yeah, he just, he just gave I him tickets, I think. He, yeah, yeah I, think he just I mean, he was tickets. just there giving away the tickets. <laughs> <care>. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. All right, uh, Zach, you're up for number nine. We're starting with you again, number nine. All right, we're zooming through. I don't. I only got so far. Um, you're good. All right. Um, Ted Williams, another Red Sox uh, player. We might have a similar number here, a similar player for this, the same number. Um, the best career on base percentage still, uh, 0.482. Hasn't been beat. Probably won't be beat. Um, this guy had an illustrious career, even taking three years off for the military in World War II. And you got to respect that for all, all those players that, uh, either either got drafted or went to go serve on their own independently and for them to come back and still demolish the game from 46 to 60, 1946 to 1960. That's absolutely unreal. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, lifetime Red Sox, you know, uh, it's just, I, I, I felt like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's a, that's a good Teddy Williams. It, it's, I, you know, I'm sure David's going to come up with somebody named, you know, Mickey or Ducky or Donald or something like that to, <laughs> um, to outdo you. Somebody that played in 1908 or something, but, um, and we love him only for him. it. Only, only him. Unknown baseball facts. That's, that's him. In the yeah, exactly. I have to page for a reason, Bill. <laughs> you know, we love him, but I mean, it's really hard. I agree with you. It's really hard when you're looking at number nine, not to say. Adam, I, I don't think we'd be as intelligent. It, well, no, I don't, you know, when, when David exits the building, when the Lord calls his number, hopefully not for many, many years, you know, Philadelphia is going to write a thing saying we lost the best historian ever. That I mean, baseball probably, knows. probably, you know, <laughs> just, I learned something that, new every time I talk to David, I'll leave it at that. That, that uh, being said, David, you're up. So don't disappoint us. I mean, if you say Ted Williams, we're all going to boo you at this point, but go ahead all and right, so do what you're going to so do. No, it's had. All right. Let's go back in the time machine, ladies and gentlemen, to the grand old days of the 1930s and 40s, and to an extent, the 50s. We're going to talk about. Oh, man, this is hard. Mine is hard. Dang, Nabbit. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> because it's like you could always go Ted, you could go with Reggie. The guy that I was so happy to see get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And Zach and Jason can both attest to this. I'm going to go with Minnie Mignoso from the White Sox. When Minnie came onto the scene, he absolutely electrified the place. The only player to play in five decades of baseball. Then again, the last oh. two were just like gags and whatnot. But still, the fact that he was able to play for so long and had a really affable personality about him. Everyone loved the Cuban, the Cuban comet. He just had this class American dark-skinned Cubans to play the game. And he has a statue erected outside of the White Sox Park for a reason. They retired his number for a reason. It took him so long to get in, which is really unfortunate. But the legacy that he left behind for many young Cubans who play the game currently really shows that baseball is truly a global sport. And yeah, didn't they mention him in a song on the Blues Brothers before the Blues Brothers came on stage? Here's a song about me. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice call there, Bill. Nice call. I like that. Listen, I grew up in high school. I worked for three years at Blockbuster Video. I've got random movie thoughts <laughs> that can rival Jason's or David's <laughs> random baseball thoughts. That's Do it. it. I'm gonna have to incorporate an Adam Dunn and Blockbuster fact. Yes. Oh Woo! yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, oh, I love it. All right, Jason, what you got for number nine, my friend? Sorry, I got ahead of it. I got ahead of it. Sorry. No. <laughs> I love it. Jason, what you got for number nine? Um, there's absolutely no argument for me, um, even as a Yankee fan. Um, Ted Williams, the greatest, second greatest living hitter when they were alive to Joe DiMaggio, in my opinion. But to wear the number nine, 
I mean, yeah, there's no argument with Ted Williams. Considering everything that he had played through, the three-year gap, like Zach said, in the, in the war, but uh, I mean, always 406, period. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's hard not to, and I'm going to go with Teddy Williams, too, because it that was the era where it was it started to be flash and dash, so to speak. You had the Joey D's of the world out there and where people like these guys were becoming front page guys. Ted Williams just played the game, just showed up and said, let's lay some up. Let's do it. Right. right. As much as I want to bring a fact in from 1872, um, you know, to help David out. I, I don't think I got one. So I'm going to go with, uh, with, with Teddy baseball. He, Phenomenal up and down player. Uh, you know, he hit for average, he hit for pop. You know, you don't you don't get much better than that when you when you have that there. So all right, boys, let's do number 10 and then we're gonna we're gonna strike our cord and we're gonna ring the bell and we'll we'll pick it up again shortly. So number 10, um, and then we'll have some final comments from everybody, but Jason, why don't you lead us off with number 10? Who do you got with number 10? Um, love to start off number 10. Um, again, as a somebody that I was able to watch the entire career of, um, I have to go with Chipper Jones um, for number 10. I mean, what do you say about a guy who hits 304 career from both sides of the plate? Yeah. I mean, you know <laughs> – that the guy was eight-time All-Star, uh, one-time MVP. Uh, he, he was smooth. He represented the Braves well for his entire career. Yep. So I have to go with Chipper Jones. That's a great, great, great call. Um, I like that. Uh, David, uh, which back do you have for us from 1492 or 1485? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Don't bring my history. Major. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I'm going to switch it up here. I'm not going to name a player. I'm going to name a manager. Oh, because there's a couple managers that have number ten retired, okay. and the one that speaks the most to me is Sparky Anderson. He was the guy that managed the Big Red Machine, and he was also the guy that managed the Detroit Tigers. Although they only have the ten retired for Sparky. His absolute enthusiasm for the gameplay attitude really contributed to a lot of the success that the Reds had in the 70s. I mean, you, if you think of all-time great managers, you're going to have Connie Mack, Joe Torrey, Tor Tony Lavusa, but it's only Sparky and and yeah, and Tony that have won a World Series in both leagues. Sparky Anderson is a bona fide pedigree Hall of Fame manager, and his numbers speak for themselves. Good call. I like yeah. that. I, I like. Yeah, I like that you're including uh, the best to wear it. Right? It doesn't have to be a, a player. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I like that too. And but you did say Tony Larusa's name wrong. It's Tony. I fell asleep in the dugout last season, Larusa, <laughs> during a game. Uh, I, that was <laughs> a mistake. Everybody knew it was a mistake from the start. I don't know why they did. Hey. Was he seventy three? 
What is a Bill Top right. Fan Ronald Perkins uh, alternative? Uh, uh, so, Zach, it's funny because I have a really good friend of mine that's a diehard White Sox fan. Grew up in Chicago, diehard White Sox fan. And when they hired La Russa, he kind of did the fill from Duck Dynasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I was mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, well, we were we were texting back and forth when the Dodgers were, you know, playing them. And when he walked, uh, I can't remember who he walked with two strikes. Intentionally walked a guy with two strikes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember the that. string of words on mm-hmm. my text message. I won't repeat here. But then Max Muncy gets up and hits the home run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he goes there. You go. <laughs> he uh. just goes hmm. and he shows me. He sends me a picture of a uh, of a big sign that somebody's holding up behind the dugout that says "Fire Tony." Yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah, they should have never done it. And I happened during uh AJ Hinch coming back to manage, and they were in talks. And uh I think when they posted the graphic of La Russa, uh they forgot to get rid of AJ Hinch's signature in the graphics, and they had to delete the tweet and then repost it with the signature because oh, that wow. was like that close to the one yard line. Um, but just to build on Chipper Jones, because that was my choice. I grew up playing Little League, and we were the Braves, and I was always number 10. Um, and he was drafted first by the Atlanta Braves in the first round in 1990. So I, just like what Jason is saying, like I literally grew up, you know, I'm a 93. So, you know, he, as I was born in 93, so as I grew up, he was plant you know and first ballot hall of famer 97 percent right um that's incredible that's really high 303 you know career average 930 ops career average i mean 19 years i mean it's already extremely unlikely for any draft pick to be a huge star let alone the person you picked first you know and especially number one overall like uh-huh. With the Sid Meyer Chipper Jones, I always love watching him play. You know, I love that comment, Zach, because it's true. When you draft somebody number one overall, how many times do you hear about a busted up arm or a broken ankle or they couldn't make it through the minors or they, um, you know, they came up and they weren't what they thought and they were out, you know, and and uh, so I like that comment. Um, Chipper Jones is my choice, too. Here's my issue with Chipper Jones was when I was impressionable and Jason can remember this, the Dodger. So MLB didn't really understand their geography. Um, and so they had some issues with geography. So in the 70s and 80s, the Braves were in what division, Jason? The National League West. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And so. <laughs> So yep. it's built my hatred for the Braves, but Chipper Jones, see, I wore number 10 like you, Zach, growing up, and Chipper Jones was just, it's, he's hard not to like. Both sides of the plate, plays the game right, you know, just just that big old redneck out there that just loves playing the game. Now, I will yeah. tell you, I had a very close second, but when I looked up his numbers, I I said no. My close second for number 10 was Gary Sheffield mm-hmm. because he, yeah. when you think about him, when he played, yeah, he was dominant 
to take the long chipper jones was more though he hit a lot of home runs he was more of a contact guy and and double up the alley um gary sheffield was more i'm going to take you a long ball with that crazy bat oh, thing yeah. that he did oh, yeah. or i'm going to fight you if you hit me i'm going to fight you and so, so. Yo, I I mean I love watching Gary Sheffield play. Um, I mean he never won a World Series with the Yankees in his time on the team. No, you know you think not. he he would have when you think of those names like Jason Giambi, you know, and every you think, but no, all my friends we all grew up mimicking that that at bat, you know, his stance and things like that. So yeah, very memorable uh, player for me. That's a good that's a good um, honorable mention there. Yeah, he's he's a he's a unique honorable mention. Just and he was so big, and and there's some arguments on whether or not you know he helped himself do that. But he was as fun to watch. I remember watching when he played in Detroit. He got hit one game, and I can't remember what happened. But he was at first, and the pitcher basically looked over at him and says, "What you got a problem?" And Sheffield charged him, won the fight. <laughs> the Tigers won the game. So. As the old adage says, you never lose a game and a girl in the same day, right? When you're in high school, he didn't lose the fight, nor did he lose the game. So he was scored that night. <laughs> he was aces in Detroit that night. That's hilarious. So, um, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go around the horn real quick. Uh, we'll start with with David. Um, we'll go around the horn. Any final comments that you want to make? Any, you know, ninety seconds a piece. Any honorable mentions, anything like that, that you want to, it's kind of open mic season. And so David, you first. I mean, in um, time machine activate, um, Enos country slaughter. He really was the person, uh, especially the 1946 Cardinals that really promoted the shift that basically hindered Ted Williams in performing in what was his only world series appearance. Um, his mad dash from home really secured the Cardinals dynasty in the late forties. And without him, Ted Williams would have won a world series and possibly world series MVP at that time. Um, the only other um, number nine I can think of is, is veggie Jackson from his days in Oakland, when he just still mashed the ball with his luxurious mustache. Um, and yeah, the next few numbers are going to be a lot of fun because it's going to be a lot of faces that everyone here knows. And I'm really excited to talk about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got one for 10. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Zach, you're up next. Okay. Uh, I didn't I didn't get a ton of stats down. I thought I did a stats, stats uh, of the past on him. I think I had written some information somewhere to d- do a deeper dive, and I never got around to it, but Lefty Grove. Oh, there you um, go. For number yeah. 10, you know. Sorry, David. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, but, yeah, I mean, the, again. I don't yeah, know. That's a... Uh, that was one I, I wanted to pursue further, but just Chipper Jones had such an impact on me. I mean, I was, I lit, like I said, little league, we were the Braves for like, you know, eight years. We just dominated. So he just always was around. I always wore number 10. As I've gotten older, I've changed numbers myself. You know, if I were to be in the league right now, I think I'd just do 93 because I don't think there's a lot of people wearing 93, you know? So I think that's what I would do. I would just stand out a little bit, a little bit more than trying to do those you know, numbers in the, in the first 10, you know, and as the Yankees start retiring more and more numbers, you're going to start seeing people wear seventies, eighties and nineties. Cause before yeah. you know it, the Yankees are going to have, and now batting number 2,794. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Smith. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two thousand kind of stuff. Mr. Beck, how you uh, how you doing? Any uh, wrap up thoughts that you have? Uh, final little fun fact tonight before we go. A little Mickey Mantle fun fact. Did you know that Mickey Mantle had an eighty percent stolen base percentage? Dang. During his the time his career in the fifties and sixties, which led Major League Baseball of any player who stole bases in the fifties and sixties. Whoa! Okay, that's that's a lot. That's a high percentage. Very much so. That's very that high percentage resume. Yes. Man, wow! So he could do it all. Yeah. <laughs> show, show up to work yeah. drunk and still hit three home runs. Was yeah, it was yeah. it uh <laughs> was it Alfonso Soriano who was the 40-40 player? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I yes. think of him, I think of like Curtis Granderson. He was probably a 30-30, right? At least. Right. Uh Grandy was no. a 2020-2020. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He never he never broke through that that capsule. <sighs> he got the hits, he got the homers, couldn't get the bases. Yeah. Yeah. Conseco was, which you know, he was a 40-40 guy, but that's, I mean, most of those stolen bases are you're seeing oh, the guy that weighs, you know, 240 of pure rock trying to slide into you, and the shortstops and second basemen are just moving out of the way and letting the ball go into center field. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not stopping that. <laughs> My Conseco neck twitch kicks in every time somebody. Oh, boys, this has been so much fun. I love this. Uh, so for those of you top fan rivalry followers that are listening to this, first off, Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Jason Beck does Bourbon and Baseball on an Instagram Live. If you miss that, that's your fault. You have no idea what you're missing. <laughs> I appreciate okay. that. Okay. Um, the guys that do his graphic design, they're not very good. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing, Zach. Um, but the um, – but Trust you know, me. Jason's show is amazing. Make sure you get up on that. Um, Zach and, and David are phenomenal. Louisville Sluggers. David has phenomenal um historical facts, as you saw tonight, and you're gonna get to see more and more of. So, first and foremost, for those of you following uh Top Fan Rivalry, please make sure you follow these guys as well. Make comments on their post. Uh Zach put up some stuff recently that i loved uh david has all kinds of fun different things there and, and please like i said catch jason's show um you won't be sorry if you do um there's you know water cooler debates there's legion of done facts it's phenomenal so fellas i want to thank you for being on tonight i really really do and i look well, forward you. to this thank i look you. forward yeah. to being with you yes guys. yes well, can't man, wait really cool. always, 11 through always. 14 next week or sometimes yeah, so. 11 through 14 or 15, wherever we get. Exactly. Yeah. So sure. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, you guys have a good night. And uh, just be glad that you are not, um, I guess, just be glad you're not Carlos Correa because whose locker room <laughs> are you going into these days? Right. And have you made a lot of friends through this, this negotiation process? Wow, uh, <laughs> status activate. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Stay on for one second, guys. But top fans, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon.